All right. Now that they're nice and calm, we can are start. You, are, are you ready? Are you? I think so. No, I'm never, never ready for these. You're things. always ready for these things. Nope, I'm definitely not ready for episode 107 of Review Reviews from the Crawl Space. <laughs> Over there with the unsettled boobs and sharp wit is Vicky. <laughs> sharp wit. I'm more like the. Uh... What do they call it? The fresh mouth? No. (laughs) (laughs) What do they call it? The side guy. The The comic comic relief. The sidekick. Comic relief, yeah. Yeah. And I'm Douglas, and we're sitting here at our crappy chipboard table to bring you these these three albums. Oh, is that my cue? Yeah. When you point at me, that means it's my turn? Sure. Okay. Just fill in the space. Okay, so, oh, just before we start, I wanted to tell everybody that we found another copy of the JJKL Troubadour album in the collection. Yeah, there was a second one, yeah, like right like right next, I don't know why I didn't see it. And it's a reissue, so it wasn't as much as the other. It wouldn't have been. Probably it was be- in much better, better condition. <laughs> which is usually the like case. pristine condition. Yeah, like new. But it wasn't um, as much as the other Crappy. Well, the, the, the original, the original yeah. copy of the JJKL. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that I had a little note. Okay. Already written down before we started. So the three albums that we're talking about today are the best of ZZ Top, or ZZ Top if you're yeah, Canadian. Yeah, I, I call it ZZ Top. Uh, the second one is The Doors, The Soft Parade, and number three, oh so exciting, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Meh. We'll get to it because we have to. That's, oh. that's it. That's the only reason we have Probably to. one of the most prolific albums we have in this collection. Please, it's no better than ABBA. Oh, shush. <laughs> Shut it. Uh, and quickly, too, um, follow us on Instagram. Reviews from the Crawl Space as one word, one block. And on Twitter, RFTCS1. Um, what we're working on currently in all of our back episodes. Most of Almost all of the back episodes. I don't think the very, very first ones are there, but I would say the vast majority of the episodes are there. And then you can go find us on on uh, YouTube, or because we start out with videos, we're there as well as just reviews from the crawl space. And we did about we put about six episodes up on SoundCloud before we realized before we it like, was going to be hundreds of dollars. Yeah. To continue. Yeah, using the service. By buying so. a membership, using <laughs> their service. Kind of spread out all over the place. But so then we found Anchor, and voila, here we are. We're at home on the Anchors and Spotify's. episodes. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, the other thing I want to mention, too, was this episode also caused a few issues. Well, let's say issues. Discovery. Because we had pulled this out. The Doors soft parade out. <laughs> and I'm going to get this before we start everything else. Yeah. But we noticed that there's, I was like, oh shit, there, there was two copies of it, of Soft Parade. Well, and we didn't know that at the time. No, and then but one of them, I don't even know how to explain this. We went to do this episode and discovered that uh, uh, there was a bunch of albums put in. This was already put in there a couple of years ago. Yeah, two years ago. With a couple of other albums. Um, one was uh, Long John Baldry, I believe. No, Valdi. Valdi, yeah. Valdi yeah. and... Um, Shit, there was another one. Yeah. So it was put, they were put in years ago. A couple of years ago, three years ago? Two, two or three years ago. Yeah. So probably before, like in one of our moves. And it's been put into the thing, but we actually haven't recorded them as an episode that we could find anywhere. 
Yeah, so I we've sat, gone through the yeah you went through we've I gone through the entire each catalog episode yeah, by episode and made notes on all the discog entries and found that when when I got I was just about to hit the episode that we were looking for the soft parade album yeah and I realized that we had never done it before yeah, or any of the other albums. any of the other albums and I think there were six altogether that There's were put in six that we found that were put into the system but not not actually covered not, so uh, and and what's funny is that because at least three of those albums are coming up fairly quickly yeah like it's just it's so well, odd I don't did, know you did find another copy of the soft, soft parade. parade. Yeah, there's another copy of soft parade in here. Yeah, in your in yours in your part of the investigation. So there's a copy. There's the original from 69, 69 and there's a copy from eighty. So it's just it's really weird how these albums. Because what we do when we do the show is we'll do we'll wrap up the episode we're doing now. We'll you know we'll finish up this podcast, and then immediately I'll go pull the next three so yeah. we know what they are. Yeah. And. Uh, I just we had kind of I thought we'd been doing it doing it this way the whole time, but like I said, a whole episode slipped through our fingers somewhere. Yeah, the only thing, and like he said, the only thing that we can think of is that, you know, he was very meticulous about keeping the albums that we had already done separate and marking the boxes. Yeah, and um, we've moved like three times yeah. since we started, or four times since we've we started this. No, three, three. Yeah, since we started this podcast, so. And that's another another um, version of our teamwork, yeah. is that we both got busy investigating different parts of what would have happened. Yeah, yeah. And just, we came to the conclusion that... That's what it's just like. It's so weird, because like yeah. I said, we don't put that many... We don't put uh, albums into the collection and just like catch up to it. We it's, So it's kind of just odd, the way yeah. this one worked out. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I don't think it's the first time it's happened, but it's, it's definitely weird to go in there and see that... You know, look at the collection, it's like, oh, there's Soft Parade. Oh, three years ago. What the fuck? Well, and the other thing that I noticed, so, too. I just want to say, because I think as soon as we put Soft Parade on, we started talking about it. Like, didn't we fucking cover this album already? Yeah, yeah. So, because there was a couple of songs that right away we were just like, holy shit. But there's no proof that we did. We don't have the original books that we did all the notes in. We've lost They're them somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. They're in storage. Or... And we can't find any proof in any of the any of the episodes. You've gone through them all and no. there's nothing there. So it's just, it's so yeah, weird. And the other thing that I found out when I was documenting what episode, and I also decided I was going to put the dates in so that yeah. we knew what was going on. I noticed that some of our episodes on YouTube had like huge, huge gaps. Yeah. So totally, yeah. I mean, it's no wonder we decided to switch over to the podcast. Oh, the podcasting's been way easier. It's probably. been way easier for us to do for sure. The editing on those episodes was ridiculous. So just yeah, to try yeah. and get it, and even just like even if there was basic, because like even now we we're to this point where we do these episodes, we don't really edit the episodes anymore at all. These are pretty no, much straight what, up. What you hear is what you get. But it wasn't like that on YouTube. We were cutting them down. I was trying to do. You're trying to do uh, fancy, fancy editing. Yeah, and it's just additions like, of stuff and just that screen alone. Screen swipes and stars and. So we're talking like it was like two weeks an episode essentially. Well, and then episode um, laptop issues. Yeah, yeah, just like which editing, which would and, cause yeah. the editing software to just crash all the time, and mm -hmm. so yeah, it was it was a pain in the bum. Okay, so since it's all taken care of now. Let's get started with the best of ZZ Top. Let's do it. Okay. This, uh, for the record, this is the second ZZ Top album that we have uh, reviewed. Yep. The first one was Afterburner. 
we did that about a year ago. And neither of us gave it favorable. Neither of us liked it. We only gave it two stars. So on to the best of. Uh, so they're an American rock band formed in 1969 in Houston, Texas. For 51 years, the band consisted of vocalist and guitarist Billy Gibbons, drummer Frank Beard, and vocalist bassist Dusty Hill, until Hill's recent death. This year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just within the last few months. Um, their sound is rooted in blues, and they developed a signature sound based on Gibbons's blues style and Hill and Beard's rhythm section. They've released 15 studio albums and sold an estimated 50 million worldwide. They won three MTV Music Awards, and in 2015, Gibbons was ranked 32 on the Rolling Stone list of the greatest guitarists of all times. The Best Of was released in 1977. It went two times platinum, which is two million records, mm -hmm. and peaked at number 94 on the Billboard charts. Hmm. Um, producer Bill Ham. He was also the band's manager and producer, okay. uh, with 143 producing credits to his name, mostly uh, Zedza Top and Clint Black. Hmm. Well, interesting shit there. Interesting. Yeah. And he wrote, he co wrote some of the songs too. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah, right there. So the track listing for this album are Side A, Tush, Waiting for the Bus. Jesus Just Left Chicago, Francine Just Got Paid, Side 2 is LaGrange, Blue Jeans, Blue Jean Blues, Backdoor Love Affair, Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, and Heard It on the X. The runtime of the album is 34 minutes, 21 seconds. Now the song on this album, they had only done four, four albums up to this point, and the songs were on from every album but the one just previous to this. What was it like? Was so T it was yeah. It was How do you pronounce it? T e j a s. Is that Texas? Tejas, yeah, Tejas. I just yeah. assume that it's like a Spanish kind of J H kind of sound. The um, albums that this covers is Fandango, Tres Hombres, Rio Grande Mud, and um, their first album. It was just called ZZ Top. Um, so yeah, best of the first four albums that they did. Well, yeah, best of the three. Like you said, they, they ignored that one that you said. Because, yeah, that came out because, just before. Because nobody liked it. Well, and... <laughs> it wasn't successful and people were like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> so they did a certain thing. Uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, a compilation, we've had some really, really shitty compilations on this. I, mm, I was trying to think of who was the worst there. Uh, Steely Dan? I think that was one of the worst compilations. Yeah, or the greatest just, hits you mean. Or the greatest yeah, hits, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, greatest hits, or the, like what this greatest is. Greatest hits that weren't greatest hits at all. Yeah, like exactly, and this is, and this is the opposite of that. heard before. Yeah, and this is the opposite of that. This is, it, <clears throat> it's not a long album, like you said, just just over 30 minutes, and it's 10 songs, and it's just like, it's four the songs. Of them, four of them were singles. Yes. From their perspective albums, yeah. Tush, Francine, LaGrange, and Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers were all singles from... Previous albums, yeah, and I mean this compilation, and like I said, it's really good. So you you named the songs off there, and right away, like we had put it on there because, like I said, we were worried because we listen to Afterburner. I mean, we know we know Zed Zed Top anyway, regardless of fucking Afterburner. Yeah, but it was just such one of those kind of shitty experiences. And like I said, it was actually nice to come across this and actually have a really good compilation. 
I uh, agree. That actually does a proper kind of cross-section of their, their hits. They're yeah. good songs at the time. And usually we're both really pretty leery of blues albums because they can be so shitty. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. But this one, I'll have to say, was quite enjoyable. This is a hard um, rock blues album. Like it's it's some really cool guitar riffs and yeah, bass lines. Even some slick and, drumming. Yeah, like it was just overall. I think it was a good album. Yeah. I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, for me, Jesus Left Chicago, uh, Lagrange, Blue Jean Blues. Those for me, those really stick out. I actually really like Heard It on the X. It's got a really cool drum part, and like you said, it. it it could be shitty, but it, it, it's not. And no, it's like I said, a lot of it's really up tempo, um, like a heavier blues, and I, it really and, and it gives her. Yeah, a lot that's, of that's what, like, yeah, it's totally that's what I mean. It's it's not some slow. You kind of stop and go, "Whoa, are you hearing this?" <laughs> yeah, I think Blue Jean Blues is probably the slowest song on there, and even that, I still find it kind of like really, really kind of sludgy uh, in terms of blues. But yeah, I, I agree with you. The songs are short. There's the longest one is 4:42, but generally they're like three minutes long. Yeah, the whole album's 34:20. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. nothing at all. So, no, I um, I'm gonna go to my notes here. So while he's looking at his notes, I'll just say for context, yeah. the before album was Teja, which is T E J A S, 1976, and the after album was De Gaelo, De Guelo, 1979. Yeah. Okay, we've well, so, already kind of said stuff that I was going to say. Everything you're going to say? Yeah, it's just like like I said, it's a solid compilation that you'd want from an artist like this, and it's not full of songs that are like, "What the fuck is this doing on here?" So, uh, and in fact, I from what I've read that there was actually other songs that that they could have put on here as well that were big hits at the time or people they're popular with the people, but they didn't because they're like keep it short. It's ten songs, five yeah. aside. Boom, boom, boom. Which is the way you're going to do it. And like, yeah, I agree with you. It wants to be played loud. Yeah. It's mixed that way. And I, well, I'll get to it in a minute too, but I'll also mention now that was one of the things with the audio was that most of them, particularly like Tush and like all the, the big the big songs, very well mixed, very sounded very good, had good bass separation. There was a couple of songs though, probably from their earlier album, one or two songs where it's like, oh, that's that sounds kind of shitty. Well, and that's where you can, I, I think, see that the consistency of the producer because usually compilations are all over the place wildly over there because they have different producers yep. different sound people so i think that the amount just of control the one they guy, had over yeah. it with one guy yeah just made it more consistent so that it sounded like a cohesive album that they had just done together yeah not, totally not, not, not four just separate like, ones. yeah yeah i totally agree with that actually yeah they, they they definitely kind of blend together and if you're listening to it yeah you wouldn't be able to tell that it was a compilation if you weren't familiar with their stuff. So I love that little photo or that little on the back. A little cowboy guy. Yeah. His little silhouette with him and his horse. <laughs> a little painting. The front cover's not so interesting, I guess. Oh, well, maybe it is. Looks like a painting of some description. Well, but yeah, we'll it, get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will. All right. Uh the best of ZZ Top, London Records, catalog PS seven oh six. Uh, Canada, 1977, original and compilation, like we said, best best of. The condition, the cover is, I have actually medium poor because it is, the, sp the spine's blown out that you can't read it. And, uh, there's some tape on it. There's there's tape, there's writing, the case is splitting there, and there's, I'll get to it, there's no, no sleeve. I actually took the sleeve out of it that was in there because it was so shredded that it wasn't doing anything other than creating paper shavings. 
<laughs> so which is probably why I'm kind of congested because you know all these multi ass albums um, playing paper like I said the vinyl's good even con considering all the the shredding and stuff going on in there there's a very small scratch scuff on side one at the very beginning but outside of that it's in, in very good or yeah it's, I have very good condition which is okay but it is it's worn a little bit but it sounded good it's clean for the most part. I mean, I had cleaned them, but they weren't very dirty to begin with, which is pretty rare. Um, it's funny because I have the audio, I have a real mix bag, but actually listening to it again, I don't agree with that. Like I said, it was just maybe the first two so the songs of the first two albums, but everything else sounded like it was, it was properly done. It was off the same album. Consistency. That's what happens. Consistency. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> design by Kosh. Art direction by Lucy Kelps. And illustration by Phil Garner. So Kosh, uh, art director, album cover designer, a graphic artist, and good friend of the show, because he's been on the show at least five times so far that I've been able to find. Uh, 403 credits to his name. Um, he's worked with The Who, The Eagles, Ringo Starr. I didn't write down the five appearances because we'll be here all fucking day. Yeah. But um, I'm sure one of them was Afterburner. Uh, I think one of them was The Who. Whatever. Yeah, it's funny because there's going to be more from this guy too. Today, I just noticed what you've been talking about all these episodes. The green dot. The green dot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was like, "Whoa, this is what he's been talking about." Why didn't I notice that before? And if the green dot doesn't show up, then you got to go look through them. At, some like, of them just had like, a one, and some had a two. Does that mean? No, that has nothing to do with this. It has to do with uh, we've talked about this before on there. The one and two has to do if you click on it, there's e, probably because they've had variations of their name. Gotcha. Okay. So instead of you know, the Rolling Stones or just Rolling Stones, that would put it like a two beside it. Okay, It's just gotcha. variations on the theme. All right. From my understanding. Um, it could also be that they have some aliases, AKs, or whatever. Um, art direction. Okay, Lucy. Art director with 24 credits to her name. Genesis, 10 years after Al Green. And Phil, visual artist with three credits, including this album. Uh, he also worked with Tim... Mudiman. Um, I have to put ZZ Top again because there's nothing else. And then some some kids' music compilation crap. Gotcha. So it wasn't worth writing down its giant title. Uh. <coughs> Not at all. <clears throat> That's it. Okay, so as far as Discogs information is concerned, there's two for sale on the platform from $10. 288 people have this album. 30 people want it. Uh, so if you're if you have a one you want to sell, get on to Discogs. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, three hundred and six or three point six three out of five, <laughs> with nineteen um, people rating. The resale value on this album is two dollars and ninety nine cents in its worst condition, nine dollars and sixteen dollars and ninety five cents in its best. Hmm. Well, this is definitely not in its best. No. I gave it four. I give it three point five. Give it a four because it's it's what it delivered what it was supposed to. And a compilation gives you the hits, gives you the songs you want, doesn't give you a bunch of shit you're like, what the fuck? You just put it on, crank it up. Yeah, that's yeah, it. it's it's a good album. It's got really good songs on there. I so that's really, why you yeah. Really enjoyed it. Alright, it says I talk down. Alright. Yeah. So number two, the doors. Uh the soft parade. This is our third doors album. Uh, this one and Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine, which we did a year ago. That album was from 1972. Compilation 2. Um, and the uh, second, uh, the third, second one, I guess, would be 13. 
we did that a year ago as well and it's from 1972 as well hmm. so the doors were an american band formed in los angeles in 1965 they were one of the most controversial and influential bands of the 60s mostly due to lead singer jim morrison's lyrics voice and erratic stage persona <laughs> they were regarded as an important part of the era's counterculture the page. Yeah. <laughs> the Salt Parade was their fourth studio album released in 1969. Most of the albums, uh, or most of the album was recorded following a grueling tour, and the band did not have much time to write new material. No, they're just fucking gassed. So, producer Ro Paul A. Rothschild, who we've talked about before, yep, and I'll yeah. mention it when I talk about him as producer, sure. recommended a total departure from the sound of their first three albums. They developed a fuller sound by adding brass and string arrangements. Um, during this time, Jim Morrison was dealing with personal issues, probably one of his <laughs> arrests or girlfriend problems. Um, so he didn't really have much to do with the writing process of the album. Well, no, they were, like you said, they were coming off tour. They were gassed. They had no new material whatsoever. Morrison combination of drinking and drugs all the chicks and and just like huge amounts of anxiety like it would cause them like going up on stage would cause them just like massive panic attacks yeah so they're like he was gonna quit the band before this was even finished and uh i think it was robbie krieger one of them talking he's like look dude just finish the album let's get it done and then we'll go we'll talk about everything else after that well and robbie krieger was the one who wrote the majority of the album yeah, I'm, yeah I'm uh, although I'll say it was kind of 50-50. This one was kind of weird, and I'll talk about it in a second here. And how they kind of redid yeah. the... Okay. Yeah. So, uh, where was I here? Yeah, the right. album peaked at number six in the U.S., but didn't have much success in the U.K. or Europe. No. Uh, the album was denounced by critics and the band's underground music scene followers. <laughs> the hippies didn't like it. They used brass instruments. Who, reviewed, or who viewed the album as uh, the band trending into popular music. But over time, this thought has changed, and its critical standing has improved slightly. Yeah, because the the boys in the band were like, because they saw what Hendrix was doing, what the Beatles were doing. They wanted to try this other shit, because they didn't want to just stick to this one late 60s sound, which I have to say was, you kind of getting tired already. They're like 60s like stage lounge act kind of thing. Yeah. So they were like, well, we want to try some different stuff. Um, Morrison was allowed to use more of his poetry as opposed to writing lyrics. Like you said, uh, Krieger had they had essentially way more control in, in doing their stuff. But uh, it's funny that yeah, the hippies did not like that they were using instruments. No. Oh my god! And no. that's one of the things I actually like about the album. Yes, same here. Yeah. Um, however, this album is still considered one of the group's weakest efforts. Yeah. With with Morrison, uh, three singles had all been had already been released prior to the album's distribution, which were uh, "Tell All the People," "Touch Me," and. Running Blues. Yeah. No, no. Wishful, wishful Sinful. Oh, okay. Then after the fact, after the album was released, yeah. Running Blue. Became the... Was the the single. Such a weird from song. From the actual album. Just think, I don't know, man. Like, if this is your shittiest album to this to this point, I think as an artist you're doing okay. This yeah. Is, this is not a bad album to be the worst album you've got. Yeah. The track listing on this album is Tell All the People, yeah. Touch Me, Shaman's Blues, Do It, Easy Ride. Side B, Wild Child, Run and Blue, Wishful Sinful. I love the title. Uh, the Soft Parade. The runtime is 33 minutes and 50 seconds. And for context, 
The Before album was Waiting for the Sun, released in 1968, mm-hmm. and the After album was Morrison Hotel in 1970. I think we might have that one in the collection. I can't believe we haven't come across it yet. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's in there. And if not, uh, hopefully there's at least one more Doors in there. But, um, yeah, it's another one of those things where, you know, we're talking about the, most of these songs are super short. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, two, three minutes long, except the Soft Parade, which is, I actually really, <laughs> I mean, obviously, is one of the songs to like on there. But it's yeah. it's almost nine minutes, and it just shows you just how proggy the Doors could be. Because it's, it's, like, three or four different songs smushed together because he starts off doing like his little sermon thing yeah and then it goes into the like the the, it just changes these grooves a bunch of different times and um but there's there's for me it's like and i I wrote this stuff down before i was looking at reviews for it but it's like half a really good album i I, half of it i really like and the other half it's not that i don't like it because i still do but it's just not not as good yeah I like this album. Oh, for sure. Yeah, overall, yeah. Like, yeah. pretty much start to finish. There's yeah. something about each song that I really kind of thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Running Blues is so weird. Was that the one with the little hoedown? Yeah, it does a little good. Yeah. It breaks to this, like, guitar or yeah. this country riff. Yeah, yeah you you imagine that yeah. Jim Morrison's up on stage <laughs> doing his little <laughs> jig yeah, dance. Like, Wild Child, Touch Me. Uh, yeah, it's. I agree with you. It's a good album. And like I said, I still... I was laughing at that, how the hippies and all the counterculture didn't like, how dare you use orchestra in- instruments? And it's like, no, but... Yeah, it, I, it I, I it, like that kind of, like, bombastic sound that gives them... Well, and it made it kind of a softer album, too. Like, you're saying bombastic sound, but it added a softness to the album, I thought. Hmm. Well, it's definitely not like some Even of the stuff it's... later on, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's definitely I, I agree with you. It's like a, It is a little bit softer because of that stuff and like i said it's kind of that loungy feel to it but it's definitely not quite as dark as some of the the shit comes up later on like when they do like the end or yeah yeah. it's nothing like that at all well by then jim morrison was super drugged out he was yeah super (laughs) drugged out and shit going wrong in his life and more introspective maybe yeah but yeah i I liked it did you and i love the cover yeah, and I, I, it's a real shame I couldn't find anything about it. Like, really, I just did a really kind of like a basic, search, real quick search and, and passing, and yeah. I couldn't find them talking about in detail. Because it's, uh, if you guys have never seen the Soft Parade cover, it's them sitting essentially against a, like this black gray background, in, like in the, almost like in the dark. And then there, there's four of them, and they're around a, a camera tripod. Yeah, a camera tripod. And essentially, they're taking the picture of you, the person. And all, th- like, three of the, mu- uh, Jim Morrison's dressed in black. He's all black. And, and the, the other, other three two are, are like... kind of, like, white and beige. So yeah. it's um on the dark cover that it, it's, and they're on the outside, Morrison's on the in inside. In the middle, yeah. And it's, um, it's like this little silhouette that you can see detail of. Yeah, for sure. And on I'll... this dark cover. And I like that, that they, I like the titles, uh, The Doors of Soft Parade, where it's just, like, all lowercase, and it's The Doors slash Soft Parade. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like simple ass titles or no titles at all yeah yeah so no that's a, one of those kind of classic covers they've doors have put out uh, occasionally i still my favorite covers of, of theirs and it's not something they did because it was a compilation my favorite cover is still uh, weird scenes inside the gold mine we've we've covered it. it's the gatefold and it's just got like the water painting yes or, yeah. yeah okay yeah i love that one yeah uh the soft... album not so much i don't think oh i love the album that's like oh, the, i play we play a 
Oh my god, growing up I played that non-stop. Because okay. it's, cause it's all I'm the, getting it confused with the other. Yeah, because uh, the gold, weird scenes in the gold mine is a compilation, so it's got like every fucking hit. Okay. And like, I think it's got a live version of the end and all, all this. It's great. So the Soft Parade, as we've been discussing, by The Doors. Uh, Electra Records, catalog EKS 75005, Canada. Okay, now... <clears throat> I'm going to do this because there's two two copies here. So I'm going to do this one for the original one we have is the 1969. And then the reissue is the 1980. They're both gatefolds. Um, so <clears throat> condition, the cover, 1969, is medium and poor. Heavily worn, case is broken, the top, can't read the spine. It's it's, it's the originals, right? It's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, really, it's really worn. Like it's, it's it condom ring plus. Yeah, yeah. Totally, and like I said, you can't read the spine anymore, so that's not... But the flip side of that, the 1980s version is good to very good. Uh, a little bit of a corner smush there and there, but other than that, fantastic. Um, no sleeve on the 69, plain plastic sleeve on the 80. The 69 copy has a ton of surface scratches and scuffs. It plays, but it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty worn. It saw a lot of action. The 1980, very good, like new. So that's obviously why they got it, because the, the old one was fucked up. Uh, the audio, I thought, was very good. It, yeah. had, it had a really good, solid mix. The horns, a good spatial use. Yeah. Is it rich? Is it a bass? I liked it too, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, uh, excellent. Uh, photography uh, by Paul Harris. Inside illustration by Joel Brodsky. Art direction by Peter Shaman. And design by William S. Harvey. So, uh, Paul Harris. So, Paul, an American session musician. This is his only visual credit. He took the photo. Oh. And that's, like, the only thing I could find. Yeah, that's... Oh, that inside art's pretty cool, too. Yeah, the inside art is, is definitely. And I, actually, I, I don't know if I have it on there now, but I had this on my phone as the uh, lock screen and the home screen, so... Jim Morrison looks so sad. Yeah, he does, actually, yeah. He looks... That's that's kind of offstanding. Empty. Huh. Interesting. Okay, so um, so we did that. So Joel, an American photog, best known for his iconic images of Jim Morrison. So you know Morrison with like the hair and the mane. Um, he did all that. Has five hundred thirteen credits to his name. On the show with the Doors, uh, weird scenes inside the gold mine. Uh, worked with Paul McCartney, Joe Tex, and the Stooges. That's uh, quite a combo. Yeah, no kidding, hey. <laughs> uh, Pete, uh, American illustrator, painter, 33 credits. So he was the one who did the inside. He was the one who did that. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. 33 credits. Uh, first time on the show, uh, he's worked with Bernie Topin, uh, John Congo, John Congo, and then a bunch of uh, other compilations for things. John Congo. John Congo, yeah. I know you only put that name down because it's it's interesting. silly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. I know you. Silly name. Uh, so uh, yeah, William, American uh, art director, executive creative services at Electra Records, six hundred and one credits on the show twice with Doors thirteen and Rhinoceros, Rhinoceros. Oh, funny. Other credits include uh, MC Five, The Dillards, and Judy Collins, whoever that is. Oh, what? Judy Collins, seriously? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, she, he did a couple of her She's albums. She's a folk singer from back in the 
Oh, okay. In fact, I'm pretty sure she was at Woodstock. Hmm. I wonder if it's in some of the collection. Crazy. So what were you going to say? I forgot to talk about Paul Rothschild. That's right. After you say, oh, we'll talk about it soon. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So Paul Rothschild, Paul A. Rothschild, uh, we've talked about him on the podcast before. He's got 332 producing credits to his name. Um, with some of the other albums that he's done that we've talked about, Rhinoceros, Janis Joplin Pearl, and Bonnie Raitt, Home, home Base? Home, or? Yeah, home, home, home Plate. Home Plate, yeah. We, yeah. Which we covered on the show. All those we've covered on the show. And yeah. he's also done worked with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and with Neil Young separately. Oh, shit, okay. So, yeah. So that's, I was like checking it off. I was like, yay, I finally saw those green dots. <laughs> yeah. It helps when you're just like, especially when they got 600 and you just be able to scroll through pages yeah. and pages and pages. Yeah. And just see the green dots and know that you've talked about them before. Okay, that's uh, that's it for me. I mean, his name was familiar anyways. Yes, yeah, well, we covered him. Uh, Discogs, A for sale from $20.37. 1,106 people have it. 335 want it. It gets four. 0.08 out of 5 with 83 people rating. The resale value, and this is the 69 one. 69, yeah. About. We're going to talk about the 69 one. Yeah. I didn't write down the resale value for the other. So I, I have I a general idea. Um, resale, 637, $23.73 mid condition, and in good condition, $71.99. Yeah. You might be able to get some love out of that vinyl, but that case is destroyed. But yeah, yes, so exactly. Seventy-one. I think the '80s version, uh, that one was worth between twenty-two and twenty-five. Okay, yeah, it wasn't as much. I no. remember. Oh no, I remember talking about it. Yeah. Once no, you found the, that second copy, the originals are just like are insane. Yeah. Um, okay, so would you give it? I gave it four to five. No, oh, okay. I gave it three and a half out of five. Uh, yeah, um, I just, like I said, I, I know that there's going to be, hopefully there's another one in there. Um, but yeah, I just, there's, like I said, half a, half a really just like excellent album and then some other songs, but, uh, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't give it the hate that other people seem to give it. So, and, gotcha. you, and you, and you dig it. Yeah, I liked it. Me too. I yeah. would not, I would not, not listen to it. I listen to it no no i would not not listen to it would i actually download it onto my phone and listen to it in its entirety i'm not sure yeah I yeah i'm with you just be going to grab a bunch of the songs and throwing yeah, them onto yeah. list a few that the few that i really which liked. reminds me i need to grab some of these songs and throw them onto list exactly because i don't think i've done it for any of these albums oh i know i will i know things have been busy okay so that's not really so that's down all right um there soft parade down and now we're on to uh Band, Fleet, band. Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Yeah, band no one's ever heard of. An album yeah. no one's ever heard of. Uh, so, Fleetwood Mac... Oh, this is the second album that we've done by them. We did their self-titled uh, release from 1975 about a year ago. Uh, Fleetwood Mac are a British-American rock band formed in London in 1967. They were primarily a British blues band, and as members came and went in the early days, the band became more pop rock. And prior to the release of their first self-titled album in 1975. Now, Christy McVeigh married John McVeigh in 1970 and she joined the band. So mm -hmm. that was kind of the start of their transition. And then in 74, Buckingham and Nix joined. Oh, took a long time. As a couple. Yeah. And then, of course, we know what happened after that. <laughs> their first album, Fleetwood Mac, was uh, a hit. This one um, is a hit, <laughs> putting it mildly. Yeah. 
Okay, this is their 11th studio album, and that's, you know, like I said, the ones prior to this one and the last one are... They're all, like, all different members. Different members, yeah. Uh, released in 1977, the group recorded the album in the aftermath of relationship breakups among its members and heavy drug use, both of which shaped the album's lyrics. Rumors became an instant commercial success, seeing oh, yeah. over 10 million copies worldwide yeah. sold within a month of its <laughs> release. It was the band's first number one album in both the U.S. and the U.K., and there were four singles released, and they all went to number one as well. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, it has sold over 40 million copies worldwide, becoming one of the most... Turn the page. Mm-hmm. Best-selling albums of all time. It received diamond status in several countries, yeah. the UK, Canada, and Australia, and it's been certified 20 times platinum in the US. Uh, Fleetwood Mac were put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998. Hmm. So just recently, uh, last year, I guess, 2021, it was rated the seventh greatest album of all times on the Rolling Stone list of 500 greatest albums of all times. Yeah. Which made me go, how did that happen? Yeah, how's it how? So, <laughs> I tracked down the list cuz I wanted to know what the, So what were the six? The first six albums were. Number 6 was Nirvana, Nevermind. Okay. Number 5 was The Beatles Abbey Road. Mhm. Number 4, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life, an album that I absolutely adored when I it came out. I can't believe that's not in here. Number three, yeah, I'd love to hear it again. I should just go search it out on Spotify. Yeah. Number three was Joni Mitchell's album, Blue. Number two, The Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. And the number one album on that list of 500 greatest albums of all time in 2020 was Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Huh. That's quite a collection. I can see them all being there. Yeah, it's But doing the research and reading the stats... It's like how? How yeah. are they number seven? Yeah, well, I know, and this and those other albums too. Like, I mean, I say a little more modern and, and Nirvana, but fuck, even that's like twenty five years old. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the producer on this album, Fleetwood Mac, with three other producers, a fellow named Chris Morris who had four producing credits, which were basically from this album alone. Yeah, okay. A guy named Kenton Ken Calais. 107 credits, um, mostly from, a lot from Fleetwood Mac, but also Blind Melon, Lindsey Buckingham, Dishwalla, <laughs> Gary Newman, and Christine McVie. And the third producer was a guy named Richard Dashett. 154 credits, uh, mostly Fleetwood Mac, Walter Egan, Lindsey Buckingham, Mick Fleetwood, and Matthew Sweet. Hmm. The track listing on this album. Oh, yeah, that's good job. Yeah. Side one, secondhand news, dreams, never going back again, don't stop, go your own way, and songbird. So from this um, album, dreams, from this side only, mm-hmm. dreams, don't stop, and go your own way were all number one. <laughs> Three out of five. Oh, sorry, dreams was number one. The other two were in the top ten. Gotcha. Thought I differentiated that better. Uh, side B, yeah. The Chain, You Make Loving Fun, I Don't Want to Know, Oh Daddy, Gold Dust Woman. Hmm. Um, make You Make Loving Fun was also a single, and it was in the top 10 as well. 39 minutes and 52 seconds on the runtime. 
And for context, the before album was Fleetwood Mac, 1975. The after album was 1979 Tusk. Hmm. Which I hope is in the collection. I was going to say, I, there's there's a chance of that for sure. It might be a chance of the one before this as well. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we've already reviewed that one. Oh, we did? Yeah. Right. What was on that one? About a year ago. Oh, God, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. A year either. ago? But it was a good album. Oh, I remember yeah, being decent, but I, yeah, yeah, I just don't remember anything else about it. That's yeah, why. me neither. I should have looked to see what <laughs> So what do you think of this this album, so-called album? You know what? I I owned it. I think everybody owned it. When it came out. I love it. Um, yeah, and, it's like it's all hits. You know, we were talking about it uh, as we were doing our, our research about how tense it must have been for some of these oh, recording sessions fuck, yeah i mean we were talking about that just, not even the recording sessions just just when they're getting together to try out new material and be like hey i got this new song it's called fuck you lindsey Be- Be- lindsey buckingham <laughs> you're a cunt let's play it okay what if we change the lyrics a little bit or the song title like could you imagine sitting there like all these people have been doing drugs fucking on each other and all this stuff and then coming out with these lyrics and it's like splitting up going out with the sound uh, you know being boyfriends with the sound or girlfriend and boyfriend with the sound guy yeah yeah and then it's like you get into the rehearsal and it's like okay I got some lyrics for your song (laughs) and they just like like you said they're just in the recording studio just like finger throwing each other the bird through the glass constantly to the beat of the music yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that's interesting to think about yeah no kidding yeah, yeah they sure. did not or we're not hanging out together around this album and what a coincidence that this album was just well, like that's the way it goes though. so epic right well it's probably because of the strife would they would have been as good if they were all buddies and hanging out it didn't mm-hmm. take them long for this to all mm-hmm. because what did i say buckingham and nicks joined in 74 and this was 77 yeah so in the course of a couple three years these guys are all like you said well it's different yeah yeah it's to the point where they're yeah because like all this partying and 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 drugging and everything leading up to it yeah but at the same time without any of that would it have been this good probably not well and the other interesting thing too if you're really interested in what the songs and who wrote and what what the context was there is a section on the wikipedia page Mm. for this album specifically that talks about the ins and outs of it and i wanted so bad to bring it to this podcast but it was just going to make it too long. So it was long. Too yeah. much writing. There's and, a lot with this album. But it's interesting to go look and see what the songs mean and who wrote what and for why and yeah, you know all the drama that went on. You can see it. Oh, for sure. And but like I said, and then managing to squeeze them out or get them to the studio and squeeze it out of them into um, oh yeah, what has to be one thing we haven't talked about. And I obviously will we'll get to it. Well, it has to be at least easily one of the best sounding albums we've listened to in the collection. Yeah. I mean, just from a production standpoint, it's really very few that I could think of that are better sounding. It's, it's pretty monumental in, in that regard. Production, engineering, the way, much like CSNY, the way they do vocal harmonizations yeah. and with the, and with themselves and the instruments. And like, it creates this sound field that's fantastic. It's huge. Like, it's a, such a wide sound field. Lots of bass. Everything is crystal fucking clear. It's definitely a beautiful album to listen to. Yeah, sonically, it's gold. Like, on, it's just really... Everything was right. Yes. Like, everything was yeah. perfect. Yeah, they got the right sounds down. And uh, I think that is just as important as everything else. Because would it have... I'm sure it would have been rated, at, you know, pretty high without it 
But if it wasn't mastered like this, would it have been quite as, like, it really plays a huge part. And I can't uh, say enough how much that, that excellent sound, and just like the recording and the, ma the mastering of it all, plays into it. Because you put it on, it's so rich. Sound, yeah, it sounds fantastic. Well, it's a big part of why this album is, should be, is rated so high. And to, be, to think about how this album could have been the greatest album never made, yeah. just based on all of their... Totally, yeah. You know, their their drama going on at the time. They could have all just walked away from it and yeah, you know, like it, some of the contracts. It turns out to this to be this huge Huge. Yeah, one of they'll have to be playing together forever. Yeah. <laughs> separately now. Well separately now. Well they were all yeah, on and off in different in different groupings and they still toured, but yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I wonder if they you know, oh, I think they just kicked Lindsay Buckingham off the latest tour. Did, well, didn't they also, on their individual solo stuff, still play Fleetwood Mac songs? I don't know. Yeah. I imagine if they wrote them, they had... They were like, yeah, yeah. it's their song. Yeah. And these guys wrote their own songs, so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't show them. So, yeah, that's they probably did their own songs from Fleetwood Mac in concert, for sure. Let's take a look here. Uh, no, the only, the only negative I'll say about the album is that it's, some of it's just overplayed. Uh, because oh. like since like the minute I'm born, this is in like TV movies playing yeah. on the radio fucking constantly. Yeah, since 1977. Even now, yeah. you could turn on the radio, just probably scan through and find the, one of the songs playing. Well, and, and look at like you said, Dreams on Spotify has almost it, a billion listens. Yeah, yeah, it was or over, over a billion. Uh, yeah, it was no, it wasn't over. It was it was about uh, 900 million plays. And we had that skateboard guy just go viral with it not too long ago. Oh, that dream with again, yeah. With his cranberry juice. Yeah, well, and like Chain, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks. And like, yeah, this it's just so used. And I think for me at this stage, that's really the only negative about it. It's because a, a certain song come on. It's like, ah, okay. And it just, it was, it's a great song, but I've just heard it so much. It's been used so much. It's almost, some of them are almost like a cliche now. Yeah. You know, go your own way. That's like, uh, it's been on everything. Yeah. But for me, it, it was kind of like wrapping myself in a warm blanket. Oh, for sure. Because I haven't listened to it in entirety for a really long time. Oh, definitely. So to hear it and hear how beautiful it sounds and how, you know, just how, how much of a big hit it was just kind of makes you go, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Will I listen to it again in its entirely entirety? I don't know. They're all fairly because of for all those reasons you said. Yeah, it'd be like picking. You're kind of tired of it. Well, yeah, and that's why you don't know, just go with the classic rock playlist, and there's going to be so many songs there, so that's that's fine. But yeah, it just yeah. playing it straight through again. No, like I said, I'd, I'd just jump around to different songs. It's interesting because Rolling Stone just the other day released their. Hold on a sec. Oh, okay. Ambulance. Um, Rolling Stone just just recently last week or the other day. Um, released their top 500 songs of all times. Mm -hmm. And I went through the majority of the list, but I don't remember seeing any Fleetwood Mac. I'm sure there was. Oh, it had to have been. But I was going, I started at 500 and was working my way down, but just got too anxious to see the top 50. So mm -hmm. I just skipped to that. <laughs> okay. So I'll go through it again one of these days and figure <laughs> it out. I hope so. <laughs> so. You just skip it to the top 50. You're probably not going to find it. Okay, oh, so, God, no. uh, so uh, rumors, Fleetwood Mac, a Warner Brothers catalog, BSK3010, Canada 1977, it's an original pressing, it's textured cover, 
And it originally originally came with a four-page cardboard lyric sh- sheet insert thing. But it's, it's not it's, there now. It's textured, yeah. Um, no, it's definitely not. Most of the whatever has been in these originally has long since been gutted. Posters, cards, stickers, all gone. Um, where am I at here? Listening to another siren. Sirens. We live near to the firehouse. Uh, condition cover uh, is medium good. Uh, it, it's, it has fade and wear, and it's got a few little, like little stains, but otherwise, like the spine is perfect. The corners are perfect. It's in very solid condition still. So I blame the light color. Yes, once again, when you have like a beige cream-colored cover, everything is going to stick to it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's been in a moldy basement for a while. Uh, the sleeve is original plain paper. The vinyl is in very good condition. It's clean. And what I actually am going to mention about this one is it's thicker than a lot of the albums we've been listening to. The actual, it's a heavier, heavier weight vinyl, which I think makes a difference for the sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, yeah, we go right there. The sound is excellent. Like we just talked about it. Uh, it's probably the best. It's the best of the episode, and it's probably one of the best that we've listened to. I just said it's audio gold. It's, yeah, that's one of the strengths of this album. Uh, artwork concept by Fleetwood Mac, the band, and then uh, by Herbert Worthington. So Fleetwood Mac, yeah, you know, whatever. They our concept. They work on their own stuff. So all the Fleetwood Mac stuff is Fleetwood Mac stuff. So who, yep. cares, who cares about that? Oh yeah. So Herb, Herb, American photog designer, art director, most well known for his cover for this cover here and his work with uh, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, because uh, particularly first... on the other album, which, yeah. which, it's got the crystal and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's uh, John McVie and Mick Fleetwood, and they're standing. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's it's very similar. It's, I was going to say, it's a similar, it's like a variation on this one yeah. a little bit. But yeah, same guy, and that's really iconic for them. Yeah. Uh, he's been on the show previously with Boxer, Boxers Absolutely, which is oh, hilarious. I that album. Because that was, yeah, it was kind of super mediocre album, but it had a cool cover from what yeah. I remember. Yeah, it did. Uh, he also worked with Stevie Nicks, uh, Buddy Miles, and a band called Paris. Hmm. So there's that. And that's it for me. All right. So Discogs, ten for sale from eleven dollars. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I just oh. want to I just want to describe describe real quick. Okay. Uh, the the cover we keep talking about. If you guys don't know what Fleetwood Mac's Rumors covers look like, it's like okay, you got a solid like white or cream background, and then it's Stevie Nicks and, and her dark like Rihanna get up robes, and she's kind of like curtsying. Uh, curtsying, yeah. She's got her leg draped over. Uh, Mick, oh, so over no, she's not curtsying. Mick Fleetwood, and he—they're holding hands. And Mick Fleetwood's got his leg on a stool, and he's got these pair of—they uh, look like they're wooden balls, but they look like wooden cherries hanging down from. Where, oh, in I his never crotch. noticed those before. <laughs> Hilarious, but they—they're probably dangling from from the, his, from his, from like his, his vest. vest. Yeah, yeah. From his vest, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> but that's intentional, you know it. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny they, I, I, I once again looked it up about this from and like just the guy, the artist who created the shot or whatever just wouldn't, wouldn't talk about it because it creates so much. What does it mean? You know, mysticism, mysticism around it that is just like won't talk. He's just like no, whatever. Yet they'll talk about their songs and what the songs mean. Yeah, yeah. Take so away no, the mysticism. So no, he, he refused to refuse to. Uh, other than all he'll say is that it just alluded to some of the chaos behind the scenes. That, that, gotcha. was, that was all I could find about that. So, sorry, continue. No worries. Discogs, 10 for sale from $11. 
3,010 people have this album. Yeah, like I said, everybody's got a copy. <laughs> 842 people want it. It gets 4.54 out of 5 with 241 people rating. Mm. Resale value, $8.85, mm-hmm. $19.55, and in its best condition, $25.99. Okay. Which is probably what you could buy it brand new for in I was gonna a say, record store. In a record store, yeah. Today. Like whip down to one of the stores, you could probably get it for around that. Considering you used to a be remaster. able to buy them for like 10, 15 bucks. Yeah. Okay, so what'd you give it? I give it a five out of five. I think it's a must own, must listen. Yeah, I give it the same thing too. It's it's part of like a music history catalog thing. Yeah. Besides great songs and, and great mastering, yeah, it's just a staple of what is what is you know classic rock or what is a, it's just like so kind of like the Eagles or CSN like there's certain bands that kind of divide, define the genre or that era and this is definitely one of them yeah and it's like the stats on this album are just so overwhelmingly it's a big album popular that you can't help you can't ignore it okay so well, there best we go. of three the I best. take it is uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with um, Fleetwood, Fleet, Mac? Fleetwood Mick, Mick and Crew. I also want to shout out to Mick Fleetwood because uh, he was you know in the Running Man. So that's right, he was. And him and Dweezil Zappa. <laughs> so yeah, I say Fleetwood Mac as well. Yeah. Um, but I really liked the Soft Parade too by The Doors. Yeah, it has its, its charms, but it's not at the it's, level this one oh, is. Oh no, uh, no, not even close. No, so so. All right. Thanks for listening, and, uh, you know, we probably have another one of these out eventually. You might get this episode early. Ooh, I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. Oh, Bye. Wait a sec. What have I done? Bad things are happening right now as we speak. It's decided to open, while we're recording, it's decided to open my calendar for some reason. Okay, anyways, later. Oh, thank you.